chapter four of clergymen of the church of england by anthony trollope this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter four the archdeacon a dean has been described as a church dignitary who as regards his position in the church has little to do and a great deal to get an archdeacon on the other hand is a church dignitary who in diocesan dignity is indeed almost equal to a dean and in diocesan power is much superior to a dean but who has a great deal to do and very little to get indeed as to that matter of getting the archdeacon as archdeacon may be said to get almost nothing it is quite in keeping with the traditional polity and well understood peculiarities of our church that much work should be required from those officers to whom no payment is allotted or payment that is next to none whereas from those to whom affluence is given little labour is required and the system works well enough there has as yet been no dearth of archdeacons nor shall we probably experience any such calamity nevertheless archdeacons are seldom allowed to starve the bishops have it in their power to look to that and knowing that in these days starving men seldom can exercise much authority they take care that their archdeacons shall be beneficed the archdeacon always holds a living in former happy days he not unfrequently held more than one and there are probably archdeacons still living in that halcyon condition he always holds a living and almost always a good living he not unfrequently is a man of private means and has been selected for his position partly on that account he is the nominee of the bishop and is therefore not unfrequently intimately connected with episcopal things he is perhaps the son or nephew of a bishop or has married a wife from the palace or has after some fashion sat in his early days at episcopal feet he is one whom the bishop thinks that he can love and trust and therefore before he has obtained his archdeaconry he has probably been endowed with that first requisite for a good servant good wages a poor archdeacon an archdeacon who did not keep a curate or two an archdeacon who could not give a dinner and put a special bottle of wine upon the table an archdeacon who did not keep a carriage or at least a one-horse chaise an archdeacon without a manservant or a banker's account would be nowhere if i may so speak in an english diocese such a one could not hold up his head among church wardens or inquire as to church repairs with any touch of proper authority therefore though the archdeacon is not paid for his services as archdeacon he is generally a gentleman who is well to do in the world and who can take a comfortable place in the county society among which it is his happy lot to live but above all things an archdeacon should be a man of the world he should know well not only how many shillings there are in a pound but how many shillings also there are in a clerical pound for in these matters there is a difference five hundred a year is much more in the hands of a country parson than it is in the hands of a country gentleman who is not a parson all which the efficient archdeacon understands and has at his fingers ends to the last shilling of the calculation he should understand too after what fashion his brother rectors and vicars live around him should know something of their habits something also of their means and should have an eye open to their welfare their pursuits and their amusements 
of all these things the really stirring archdeacon does in fact know very much the archdeacon is in fact a bishop in little and as such is often much more of a bishop in fact than is the bishop himself to define or rather to make intelligible by any definition an archdeacon's power and duties would be very difficult as also it is very difficult or i may say impossible to do so with reference to a bishop's functions the archdeacon holds a court and makes visitations these visitations may be made pretty much at his pleasure he must i believe make them once in three years but may make them every year if he thinks fit he inquires as to the administration of the services seeing that the canons are maintained but has no power to alter aught and as there seems to be much difficulty in knowing when and by what the canons are maintained and when and by what they are not maintained we may imagine that the inquiries of a discreet archdeacon into the practices of a respectable and efficient parson will not be too close or searching in this matter of the canons it is however easier to see whether the windows of a church are in repair and whether the roof keeps out the rain than it is to be intelligibly and efficiently explicit on the subject of canons and therefore the outward structure of the parish church gives very safe employment to an archdeacon the little difficulty as to church rates which sometimes follows upon an order for repairs is not uncongenial to the archdeacon's mind it hinges upon politics and upon a vexed political question in which the archdeacon as a strong local conservative has hitherto had his victories there remain so very few subjects which are still grateful to him in the same way that church rates with all their little impediments and embargoes naturally present themselves to him as pleasant matters and then the archdeacons receive reports from the church wardens if church wardens have anything to report any scandal of which to tell or evil practices on the parson's side of which complaint has unfortunately become necessary according to the judgment of those church wardens by the word scandal let not the uninitiated reader be led to think that the undignified tittle-tattle with his neighbour's churchwardens is the duty or the employment of an archdeacon open moral misconduct in a clergyman's life is supposed to be a matter of justifiable public scandal the scandal arising with the clerical sinner and not with those who tell of the sin and as such is by the constitution of our church an especial subject for the care of our archdeacons and indeed under them of our church wardens but in such matters archdeacons are liberal and much prefer to wink an eye than to see too much we may imagine that a churchwarden misunderstanding his mission with regard to scandal and taking upon himself too promptly the duty of watching the moral conduct of his parson would not receive much comfort from a visiting archdeacon no one knows better than an archdeacon no one knows so well as an archdeacon that it is needless and absurd to look for a saint paul in every parsonage he would indeed be very little at his own ease with a local st paul much preferring a comfortable rector who can take his glass of wine after dinner and talk pleasantly of old college days 
st paul's however do not trouble him nor is he troubled much by the scandals of his clerical neighbours but he must be troubled sorely i should think by the increasing number and increasing influence around him of those uh, literate clergymen who from want of better as we must in sorrow confess are flocking to us from islington birkenhead and such like fountains of pastoral care the man who won't drink his glass of wine and talk of his college and put off for a few happy hours the sacred stiffness of the profession and simply become an english gentleman he is the clergyman whom in his heart the archdeacon does not love thus the archdeacon is a bishop in little as regards his own archdeaconry which may probably comprise half a diocese and as an energetic financial secretary at the treasury may under an uninstructed chancellor of the exchequer have much more to do with the finances of the country than the chancellor of the exchequer himself so may an energetic archdeacon have a much stronger influence on his clerical district than the bishop who is over him he is the bishop's eye or should be so and may not improbably become the bishop's hand but the archdeacon in spite of all his power and authority though he be so great among his brother parsons is hardly in the way to better promotion high promotion in the church now comes from political influence or from the friendship of ministers from those things combined of course with high clerical attainments and an archdeacon is not often in the way to obtain political influence or the friendship of ministers as deans live in towns so do archdeacons live in the country and like other country gentlemen they are always in opposition and then they are men who have been made what they are by the bishops and therefore are known well in their diocese but are not much known beyond them they culminate in their own local dignity and knowing that they do so they make the most of it an archdeacon who is potent with his bishop and who is popular with his clergyman who works hard and can do so without undue meddling who has a pleasant parish of his own and is not troubled by ambitious or indifferent curates who can live on good terms with the squires around him understanding how far it is expedient that he should be restricted by his coat and how far he may go in discarding hyperclerical constraint is master of a position in which he need not envy the success of any professional gentleman in the kingdom but he is not in the direct road to higher things and will probably die in his rectory an archdeacon to the last if an archdeacon be ambitious of moving in higher clerical matters than his archdeaconry affords him he generally looks to gratify that desire by sitting in convocation this method of doing something more than routine duty is easier and less likely to fail than the other method of publishing a volume of sermons sermons are not read now as they were some thirty or forty years since and convocation has lately held its head a little up obtaining recognition in the newspapers and appearing to do something an archdeacon is just the man to believe that convocation can do much and this faith on his part is evidence of a moral freshness and a real earnestness which adds a charm to his normal character who can bring himself to believe that a bishop believes in convocation a bishop that is who takes his seat in the house of lords talks to other peers and knows what is going on in the well-instructed blase london world 
such a one cannot but see cannot but know that convocation is a clerical toy a mere debating society to which belongs none of the vitality of power but the archdeacon fresh from the country believes in convocation and works there with some real conviction that he is one of a clerical parliament and that he is animated by true parliamentary life but it is in his own rectory that an archdeacon must ever shine with the brightest light i have said that he is a bishop in little and i may also say that he is the very chief among parsons and as the country parson the country parson with pleasant parsonage pleasanter wife and plenty of children is the true and proper type of an english clergyman to which bishops deans canons and curates are mere adjuncts and necessary excrescences so is the archdeacon the highest type of the country parson he is always married an exception here and there would but prove the rule he generally has a large family of course he has a pleasant rectory he must be an earnest working parish clergyman or he would hardly have been selected as an archdeacon he is necessarily i may say certainly a gentleman alas that the day should have gone by when the same might have been said of every clergyman bearing orders in the church of england he is a man of the world as i have above explained and as such it is not probable that he will be a fanatic though living examples may probably be adduced that fanaticism can exist under an archdeacon's hat and he walks just a head taller than other clergymen around him receiving that pleasant attitude from the modest authority which he carries of all attitudes it is the most pleasant he who stands high on a column can hardly talk pleasantly with those who stand round his pedestal and that haranguing with loud voice from column-top to column-top is but a cold ceremonial conversation who can imagine two archbishops slapping each other's backs and being jolly together but an archdeacon is not raised by his dignity above a capability for jovial intimacy and yet he walks with his head pleasantly raised above the heads of other parsons around him End of chapter 4